Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are doing Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah, the Prophet, 3b. That's the second portion of chapter 3. And we are going to be starting with verse 6 and going through verse um, 17. And um, if you recall, in the last, um, in the beginning of this chapter, the first five verses, uh, God compared the relationship between God and the Jewish people as that of a marriage. And, and, um, and we had stated then the three stages of divorce, which would make it virtually impossible for someone for there to be reconciliation and those three stages were the first stage of 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 uh, the man divorcing his wife giving her a, a bill of divorce for because of some reason the, either some uh, dis- disagreement some problem some some uh, dis- unfaithfulness or whatever the reason is and then the woman then accepting it, and in other words, her also wanting to go, right? So it comes from both sides. And then the third, that she goes and marries someone else and turns away to someone else and develops a new relationship. And, and if those three stages are fulfilled, then, then um, the chances of reconciliation would be almost impossible. <clears throat> and we pointed out then <clears throat> that... In, in the relationship between God and the Jewish people, these all three of these stages are never fulfilled. Uh, and we mentioned the verse in Isaiah who said that I didn't give you a bill of divorce. Um, and what we're going to find, and we're going to find out in today's re- in today's study that that uh, a, a contradiction where where Isaiah said that I did not give you a bill of divorce. And here in Jeremiah, we're going to find a reference to a bill of divorce, and we're going to discuss that in more detail. The, um, we're also going to find that of all th- at all of those three stages, this is not a um, perfect divorce. In other words, there's, there's, it, it, there, God doesn't want to get rid of the people. What his purpose is is to have them return. We're going to see that clearly. Uh, throughout the book of Jeremiah and throughout the prophets, of course, the people don't really want to leave, although in many cases they certainly behave that way. There's always going to be people that want to come back. And despite the fact that they do definitely, on many occasions throughout history, including the, the period in which Yirmiyahu, where the prophet is speaking, turn towards other gods, towards other people, and this is the whole point of the book is to criticize that, there, there's always place for them to come back. That relationship that they make with other gods, with other ways of life, with other types of morality, or more accurately, immorality, are um, are always temporary. They're not a permanent bond, whereas the bond with God remains permanent. But let's go ahead and read these verses. Uh, there's a lot of interesting ideas that gonna that are to be expressed here. So verse six, by Yomer Adonai Eli. The prophet speaking, and he's saying, and God spoke to me, Bimei Yoshiyohu HaMelech, in the days of Yoshiyohu, Josiah the king. 
Now remember, the, we know already from the first chapter that Yoshio was the king in that in the time that Jeremiah started his prophecies during the days of Yoshio, and we discussed that in more detail earlier. Just a reminder that Yoshio, when he was the king, this was after the destruction of the northern kingdom. And it is obvious throughout Yermio, we'll find many places, and, and today's uh, we'll find it uh, very much uh, discussed, and that is that although the northern kingdom was destroyed, and although uh, Sancherev, the king of Assyria, exiled the, the peoples of the northern kingdom, there were still many people that were left behind and populated the area. So, so of, of the people that left, presumably the, no, the no, notables, the noblemen, the kings, etc., were, 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 um, were exiled, and many, many, many people were exiled uh, and, and sent away to other countries as slaves, and etc. However, there were still people that remained in the north, and one of Yirmiyahu's um, goals throughout the, the, his book is to try to bring those people that are left in the north bring them into the southern kingdom and bring them back as part of the to join the people of judah to join the jewish people and this almost becomes somewhat of an image of the future redemption that when one day um the people of yehuda the people of judah are going to be also exiled and scattered and will also come back but uh, let's see what he says so hara isa so this is god speaking to your and saying as follows, Hara Isa, have you seen Asher Yisrael, that which that rebellious one Israel has done? Now here, as we'll see, this Israel is referring to Israel as opposed to Yehuda. So Israel meaning the northern kingdom. Did you see what they have done? She went on all of the high places. And underneath every shady uh, a tree, and she went and um, turned away from me there. Batizni is a language that could mean a, a sexual immorality or sexual unfaithfulness. But the, here, and as we've seen several times, this is more referring to turning away from God, being unfaithful towards God and worshiping other gods on, on the mountaintops. This is what they did in the north. Omar and I said, God tells Jeremiah, this is verse 7, after she did all of these things, I said, oh, she'll come back to me. And this is what God is saying that I was hoping the entire time of the northern kingdom, but she did not come back to me. No matter how many times I tried to teach them to come back to me, she didn't. And her sister, the southern kingdom, the people of Yehuda, saw that she was unfaithful. They saw that she rebelled. And they knew it and they saw it. So they were watching the whole time. This is crucial. The people of the southern kingdom knew that the people of the northern kingdom were corrupt. Now remember, it's not like the people of the southern kingdom were perfect. But there were times that they did turn back to God during, you know, several of the kings that were righteous. And they did remain faithful, at least to the temple, at least on the surface. But in the northern kingdom, when I say to the temple, I mean, of course, the temple of God. At least they had the trappings of, of, of remaining faithful to God. Whereas in the northern kingdom, they completely turned away. And they completely adopted the customs of the other nations around them. 
and and worshipped idols and and ended up with a very corrupt society and 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 the southern kingdom watched as this happened but era and god continues in verse 8 and i saw ki al kol odot asher yisrael because of all of those things that she did that she went and turned away from me literally means committed adultery uh, the rebellious one of israel what she did she i sent her away and i gave her her bill of divorce i got rid of the northern kingdom gone but but her southern sister was not afraid they didn't learn any lessons they 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 saw what what they did wrong and they saw what the results of that were but now I'm you're, you you you're sitting in Jerusalem in the, the capital of the southern kingdom look around you the people are not afraid they don't think that this is going to happen to them too and she herself also went and turned away and and were unfaithful to me now when the the uh, the, the question of contradiction here uh, which is raised by pretty much all of the commentaries, is why over here does it say, I gave them a safer krisos, a, a, a get, a bill of divorce, which would sound like a permanent uh, goodbye, a permanent uh, severance. Whereas in Isaiah 50 verse 1, uh, Isaiah explicitly said, Where is that bill of divorce that I have sent her out? And then if you read there, the point of that was to say, I did not give them a bill of divorce. In other words, one day you will come back. It's not, this is not permanent. And I did not send you into exile and destroy the, the country because I, 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 I wanted to get rid of you. Now, there's several different approaches that I want to mention here. The first approach is the most obvious one that God is directing his, his uh, words right now towards the northern kingdom. And he's saying that I did give a bill of divorce to the northern kingdom. This does not mean that I gave a bill of divorce to the people that populated the northern kingdom, the Jewish people that remained in the north. As we'll see in the entire progression of this chapter, Yirmiyahu is right now, even after that bill of divorce, so to speak, was given, he's begging the northern people to return and come back and rejoin their southern brothers. So, so and, and, and God himself, and we'll see it, shortly um, in verse 12, God himself begs the northern people, go call to the people of the north and tell them to come back, tell them to come back. So clearly, it's not, a, it does, but what he, the, the bill of divorce is, is the northern kingdom the system of government that they had, the kings that they had, which was corrupt, the idol worship that was the official religion of the land. They had completely abandoned everything that God had, had, had taught them, everything that made them unique and everything that made them special. So, so what we're, God is saying here is that, is that I did give a bill of divorce to their entire system of government. However, when Isaiah said I did not, he was referring to the Jewish people in general and the system of government of Judah, of King David, and so on, the righteous kings, the good kings, and of course in the future the, the type of king that we will have when the king is the Messiah, the Mashiach, will continue that line, 
that there is no bill of divorce. And that was what Isaiah was referring to. And of course, in the context of Isaiah 50, which is where I just read, he's talking about the overall one-day reestablishment of the nation. And, and repeatedly throughout the prophets, we see that the idea that the, the, the house of David, or the, at least in, in its just and righteous sense, will be forever. So that was never divorced. So this is the one, one the first way of understanding that that um, contradiction, which is from the Radak. The second way of understanding that is that uh, the northern kingdoms. Uh, this is also the Radak. The northern kingdoms um, were um, were uh, 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 oh, the, the, you know this exile was the end. In other words, they're they're not they, they never did come back. Whereas the people of Yehuda, uh, you know, even though Yermio is predicting the exile of the southern kingdom as well, that was very temporary. It's only 70 years later they did come back. Um, a, th a third way of understanding this um, is what the Mitsudo says, and he says this, uh, he writes this on the verse in Isaiah where he brings the same question. Why did Isaiah say, I didn't give you a bill of divorce, and why did Yermio, Jeremiah, say that I did not give you a bill of divorce? And the Mitsudos makes a good point, and that is, when Isaiah uses an interesting language, Isaiah says a language, uh, which is often translated as, where is this bill of divorce? But the Mitsudo says an alternate way of understanding is, Eze could also mean, what kind, what type, of, what type of bill of divorce did I give your mother when I sent her out? In other words, the type of bill of divorce that was given because of your sins. If you continue reading the context, it was your sins. In other words, it was not a real bill of divorce when I sent them out. It was a type of bill of divorce which was given because of sins. So all you need to do is, is repent. And the point being that I did not give them a bill of divorce that was complete goodbye, but it was a bill of divorce that said that I'm sending you out because you sinned and I want you to return and come back, which is very fits very nicely into the um, the um, into the theme of the next few verses that we're going to read. That God, right after he talks about the this Sefer Krizos, this bill of divorce, he'd say he asks the people to repent and come back. Now, um, I, I also wanted to mention the Radak brings a famous Pasuk from Ezekiel, Yechezkel 37, verse 19, where he explicitly states that the people of the north will come back and rejoin the southern kingdom. This is a, fa a famous verse. I'm going to take the stick of Yosef, the scepter, so to speak, of rulership of Yosef, and I'm going to and I'm going to give it to the um, uh, uh, the, the hand of Yehuda. So I'm, I'm going to reunite the two kingdoms. So this is a theme that is going to come up several times throughout Jeremiah. So now let's go back. Now that we analyze this, let's go back to the verses. We just read verse 8. So now the, the people of Yehuda saw what happened to the north, but they went ahead and did the same thing. And now Yermio, of course, is speaking and standing in the southern kingdom and telling this to the people of the southern kingdom. And it happened, Mikol Zinusa, from the sound of her turning away, um, 
and she defiled and she ruined and contaminated the land. Now he's referring to the southern kingdom, and she went and and uh, um, was unfaithful by worshipping stones and wood, by worshipping uh, trees and statues, etc. And despite all of this, even after all of this, lo shava elai, she never turned back to me. Bagoda achosa Yehuda b'chol liba. Her sister Yehuda, the southern kingdom, has rebelled against me with all of her heart. Ki im b'sheker. Um, in the Om Adonai, the only way she returned to me was with falsehood, and this is criticizing. The, the the point that the people did still go to the temple and pray. They still pretended, and, and we've had this several times mentioned, they still pretended to be coming back to God. They still set, talked as if they were coming back to God. But in their hearts and in their real behavior, they still remained corrupt. And this is verse 11. Jeremiah says, And God then spoke to me, Tzidka nafshi meshuva Yisrael. I'm sorry. Tzidka nafsha meshuva Yisrael mi bogeda Yehuda. The soul, the people of the rebel Israel, the north, the northern kingdom, is even more righteous mi bogeda Yehuda than the rebellious ones of Judah, of the southern kingdom. Now what does that mean they were more rebellious? Now, um... The um, there's I, I want to mention two possible explanations, and both fit very well with the context. The first one is the opinion of the Radak, which is, which is the idea that they were hypocrites. In other words, the people of Israel were corrupt and they were bad, but they openly worshipped idols. They openly said, rejected God. They openly um, lived their lifestyle and 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 as if. That was the right way to be. Now, obviously that's not good. But the people of Yehuda pretended to live a righteous lifestyle, pretended to be worshiping God, pretended to be living God's life. But internally, they were just as corrupt and just as evil as their northern brothers. So in this sense, there is something even more evil, even more um, treacherous, when someone is is, is 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 a hypocrite and that's how the radak looks at it and this would make sense based on the prior verse ki uh, imbesheker like we just said that their return to me god says was is all a lie on the outside they live a lifestyle and pretend to be returning to me but they're really not rashi looks at this a little different and rashi says that um the difference is that uh, because yehuda had the opportunity to learn the lesson the people of the north could say, well, we didn't know, or, you know, we didn't know exactly, we didn't think God was ever going to actually destroy our, our nation. Uh, you know, uh, you know they, they, they could say, you know, even despite the fact that they were also warned by prophets, but, you know, it had never happened in history before, they didn't know. But the people of Yehuda just saw what happened to the northern brothers, and they should have learned their lesson. They should have returned. They should have come back. So when you're presented with an example, a glaring example of what happened to your own brothers of the north, you should have learned, and you didn't. So, and that also fits very well because remember in the previous verses we just said that you know um, 
Velo Yara, this is verse 8, Bogeda Yehuda did not become afraid and learn the lesson from their brothers in the north. So these are both reasons why the prophet says here that they, the southern kingdom, are even worse than the northern kingdom. And now God says, go and address, Haloch v'koroswa, this is verse 12, I want you to read these words out in the north. Now remember, the north is the place where mass destruction has just occurred. Mass exile has just occurred. If you imagine, we have refugees, we have whoever's left is, is, is the remnants, those that didn't, those that either were hiding in caves and didn't get captured, or those that, for whatever reason, didn't get cleared from the land. But the, the ones that are remaining in that destroyed northern kingdom, I want you to go there. I want you to say these words to them. Yomarta, and what should you say? Remember, this is the north that God said, I gave that get to, I gave the bill of divorce. But clearly, what it's not a real bill of divorce, because what do I want? I want you to say as follows. Shuva Meshuva Yisrael Noamadonai, return to me, O rebellious Israel, says God. God wants you to come back. Lo apil ponai bochem. I will not turn my face against you. Now, this language we see in Genesis 25 in refer reference to Yishmael, Ishmael, where it says there that Al that he lived facing all against all of his brothers. In other words, everyone he saw he would fight with, right? He would be an enemy of. Over here, God is saying, Lo apil I will not turn my face and be your enemy. Ki chasid ani noamadunai. I am. I am a, a, a God of, of kindness, of compassion. I want you to come back. I will not hold this grudge forever. I want you back. That's the kind of bill of divorce that I gave you, the kind that's not real, the kind that, that says that I, I punished you, the devastation has been wrought, but I want you back. Please come back, return to me. Ah, however, what kind of return do I want? A real one, not a hypocritical one. De'i avonech, I want you to know your sin. You need to know and understand what you did wrong because that's the only way you can turn back. When one repents, the only first step is to acknowledge and understand what the problem was in the first place. Ki because your your sins, your your um, transgressions were against God, the Lord, your God, and you spread out your ways, you scattered your ways to all the strangers, underneath all the trees. What this means is scattered out your ways, as is, is Jeremiah had said several times already, that the people were going to all the other nations of the world to learn their corruptions, their immoralities. You looked everywhere else, you looked everywhere else except for God. And then you took it to your own places, tachas underneath your own trees and on your own mountaintops, and you went and you practiced their rites, their rituals, and you studied and learned their corruptions. But you did not listen to my voice. I am Adonai I am your God, right? You should have listened to me. I have what to teach you, and then you have something to teach the rest of the world. No Adonai, so says God. And now in verse fourteen. God take uh, it, it seems like there's a a a move to um to uh to from from talking to the northern kingdom it's on the one hand he's still talking to the northern kingdom but all, but suddenly and we find this very often in the prophets all of a sudden his vision kind of turns out towards the future his vision changes from looking at the situation right now to looking at the situation sometime 
in the future. And this is this habit and this idea we find repeatedly in all the prophets. We find it here too. Suddenly, Yermiel looks at everyone, not just the northern kingdom. He looks at everyone and he repeats God's words to everyone. Although it's still directed at the northern kingdom, but it's also directed at the future when God is going to be collecting everyone from around the world after after everyone suffered through exile, everyone suffered through through loss, every family, every every country, every person, every group, all suffered through loss. But God is saying, Shuvu vanim shovavim um Adonai, return my children, O oh, my rebellious children, says God. And we're going to see in a minute that he's not just talking about Jewish people here, he's talking about all the nations. He's look Yermio is now looking around the world. And if you don't believe me, wait until we get to the end. And you'll see why I say this. Because I have um, I have owned you, right? I have taken ownership of you, right? And I'm going to take you, one from a city, or two people from a family. After the tremendous upheavals that the world's going to go through, there's going to be remnants left of everyone. I'm going to bring you to Zion. And I'm going to give you leaders. Ro'im literally means shepherds. I'm going to give you leaders that are like my heart. In other words, leaders that follow me. Leaders that understand me, God says. Leaders that want to live the kind of life that I am trying to teach. And they are going to teach you what? They're going to teach you knowledge and, and wisdom. Uh, these are, 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 or Haskell also means like skill. I wonder if it may even be the origin of the English word skill from Haskell. But um, Haskell means, it means successful knowledge, knowledge that works, knowledge that, 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 that helps. And, and this reminds us of the other verses, Kimolaha, that in the future day the land will be full of knowledge, and it will be. When you become so many and you have so many children in the land that I bring you back to. In those days, when those days in the future, there's, there will be so many of you, so many people coming to Zion to worship, coming to Zion to live, uh, you know, and looking towards Zion as, 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 as the focal point um, for God. And there will be so many people uh, families with children, etc. By they will no longer say Aron Bris Adonai that there is an ark of covenant of God. And it will not even be thought of in their hearts. they won't mention it, and they will not um it will not come to mind. and will no longer be done. Now this verse on the surface sounds really mean what do you mean there's gonna be no longer and Aron bris a a a ark of covenant. Now, this, so there's several ways of understanding this. I'm going to bring. I'm going to mention. I think a, a four or five. The the Malam understands this to mean, and he reads it as follows: Lo yomru od Aron bris Hashem. People are no longer going to look to the object of the ark and say, "Oh, that's holiness." Veloya alev at a time when they're not even thinking in their hearts. In other words. In their hearts, they're still being evil. They're not taking the message of God into their hearts. They're looking at the outer symbols. They look at this, uh, the big, beautiful building and say, oh, that's where God is, and they go worship that. 
without thinking it into their hearts, that this is what type of world will no longer exist. The type of world which looks to objects as holy, but still while in their inside, in their, in their souls, not being better people. The Radak understands this simply as a reference to the Aron Bris uh, Hashem, the, the Ark which was used in wartime. If we remember in the early days of the prophets, when the people went out to battle, they would take the Ark in front of them uh, um, uh, to help uh, in, in fighting the enemies. This, so, so this is really saying there will no longer be wars between people. There will no longer be a fights between the people of Yehuda, of Judah, and Israel, and the other nations. There will no longer be war because they're all going to be together, worshiping God together. Rashi understands this to mean that they will no longer look to that focal point as the focal point of holiness because everywhere will be holy. Now, um, the, the, uh, this is a, a very... Um, the entire community will be holy. No longer will people only say in the, in the Holy of Holies, that's where God is, that's where the holiness is, because it will be everywhere. I'm going to be everywhere as if the Aron Kodesh was everywhere. This is a very powerful idea, and, and you should try to absorb that for a few minutes. The Mitsudo says a little bit similar to Rashi, but a little bit more kind of a practical level. There will be so many people that it will be impossible to go to the temple to pray because there will be no room. So it will instead be everywhere. Um, all over the city will be, will be like the temple because there will be no room. So those are just some understandings of this verse here. That, um, and, and each one has, has uh, some deep meaning and it's worth, worth thinking about. However, um, what's going to happen? Who is God talking to these last verses? Remember, in these last few verses when I mentioned that God is talking to all the nations, bringing them to Zion, I'm, I told you it was all the nations. And this is where I see that from. This is verse 17. In that day, people will call to Jerusalem and call it the throne of God. That's where it's at. Let's look towards Jerusalem like we saw in, 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 in the other prophets in Isaiah. From Zion goes out the, the word of God to the entire world. And all of the nations of the world will gather towards Jerusalem. So all of these people gathering in Jerusalem we've been talking about, these are all the nations of the world. All of them coming in the name of God to Jerusalem. And they will no longer go after their evil um, uh, ways of their hearts. All the nations of the world will recognize their sins, will recognize what it was that they, uh, that the paths that they were on that were wrong and corrupt. They will all look towards God, turn towards God, come together in a spirit of no more war, like we said according to the, the Redox understanding in the previous verse, in a spirit of, of no more hypocrisy, no more worshiping uh, uh, bricks and stones and, and objects, but understanding that what God is about is what's yeah, is what's in the hearts, is how we are better as people. And there will be so many people. Uh, and everywhere, everywhere, like Rashi said, everywhere will become like the Ark of God, will become a holy, holy place. Um, so I'm going to stop here. Uh, thank you so much for studying Jeremiah 3b, looking forward together to studying Jeremiah 3c when completing this, this, uh, this chapter.